At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Are you ready? Yep. Good to go. We're rolling. What's up, guys? What's Welcome. up, guys? God damn it. What's up, guys? There, there we go. go. <laughs> there we go. All right, all right, go for it. Go for it. No, you, no, you, you got to start, you bro. First. Okay. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Lightweights. Today, we have Graham Stefan, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not, That's not how you say it, right? Graham Stefan. Graham Stefan. Graham Stefan. Okay. We have Graham Stefan today. Uh, Joe, you want to introduce real estate, mobile, does. crypto? I see you always posting all this crypto <laughs> stuff too. Now, are you actually uh, into it? I, yeah, I am. I, I wouldn't call myself like a big crypto guy, uh-huh. but my goal this year is to get five percent of my entire portfolio in crypto. Wow. Yeah. So, I'm, listen, I'm not like a like a crypto expert by any means. And how much is five percent? Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, we yeah. start so we off right away. So, how much money do you make? <laughs> like per day. Like per day per hour. Get into it. <laughs> no, yeah. Are uh, you curious? No, no, no. Don't, don't. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Um, I met Graham back in December through our friend Jonah. Who did you reach out to him, That's or he reached out a, to you? He reached out to me. That's what I yeah. found interesting. <laughs> right. So our friend that Jonah reached out to you. We did a YouTube video. You. Gave us a challenge to see how much money we can make in 24 hours with only 20 bucks. Right. And uh, about a month ago, I went back to New Jersey. I saw my uncle, and I told him I wanted to do real estate investing. And I asked who he watches on YouTube because he said that's where he gets all of his information. He doesn't watch TV. He, that's like his source. And you were the first name he said. Gosh. And I was like. <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. I was like, yeah. I know him. That's crazy. That's cool. Yeah. So I hit you up, and here we are. That's awesome. Yeah. Going back it's to Jonah, right. he is yeah. a businessman. Jonah is a businessman. So, I mean, it makes sense for him to reach out to Graham. But, who, yeah, who won that challenge? It was Jeff, It right? was me and Jeff. You and Jeff. Okay, we partnered it. up on a drug dealing business. Got which it. Which you signed off on. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I, t- I did. I mean, the the rules of the game were technically, there were no rules. So, anything else. And that's your philosophy yeah. in business. There are no <laughs> rules. And we're going to see how Graham takes advantage of people to get to the top. Mm-mm. Wait, hold on a second. <laughs> what, did you, what did you sell? What kind of, what kind of drugs? Jonah doesn't tell us what the videos are, so when we all show up, he hits us with the video idea there, and the challenge was, I'm going to give you everybody $20, and whoever can make the most money in 24 hours by investing it in some way or another wins. And Jeff like sold drugs, Todd played music in front of a supermarket... I don't think Jason did anything. <laughs> I think Jason just left. <laughs> I think Jason pocketed the money. But yeah, it was a really fun video. It's on Jonah's channel. To kick things off, and as a preface, Joe recently purchased his first investment property in 
Phoenix, Arizona, and Scottsdale. Nice. Yeah. You know, I watched your videos, too. They helped a lot. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that area, by the way. A lot of people are moving there. Well, don't tell everybody. You got to buy before this goes live. <laughs> you could beat everyone to the punch. <laughs> Dude, buying a place is a trip. I'm, third, I'm 28. I'm 24 now, and I just bought that first place, and it... You're 24. Yep. There's just so much that goes into buying a place. And yeah, like, it's a lot. I respect you so much for figuring it out on your own. And I listened to you on the Biggest, Bigger Pockets podcast, too. Oh, yeah. That's right. That was oh, a, wait. Yeah. You listen to Bigger Pockets? That's the real estate podcast. Oh, that yeah. That's what I used to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. And Graham did it like a year ago? No, I did. I think three years ago I did. I've done twice. I think with bigger pockets. Yeah, and yeah. your episode was great, but you just spew out so much information. That's what was so cool about real estate investing is that you can kind of do it on your own if you just figure out where to look. Yeah, there's a formula to it, and really once you get that formula down, it's just a copy and paste. As long as the property meets your criteria, you can just copy and paste the same thing really across the world. Can I ask you how many properties you have in total? Eight. Across the United States? No. Uh, seven in Los Angeles, one in Las Vegas. Wow. You did all LA. Yeah. Your first place was San Bernardino. San Bernardino. It first, was a nightmare. First three <laughs> were San Bernardino. The next four were Los Angeles. And then the eighth one was Las Vegas. And are they all single family? <laughs> we no. just start throwing out words. Uh, duplexes. Well, hold on yeah, a second. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm a broker in Illinois, so not to toot my own horn, wow. but I know a little bit about real estate. Just a little bit, though. Square footage. Square, I know square Lot footage. size. Refrigerators. Yes. I, know, I know how many square feet is in Bedrooms. One, one acre. <laughs> yes. <exactly>. Bathrooms. <laughs> how many square feet is in an acre? 43,560. All right, close enough. I was what about to it? say like 44, but I think it's like 43 something. Yeah. I round up. Yeah. 44, right? Yeah. Are um, all, do you do them on short-term rentals or? No. Pretty much all of the properties have been rented for many years. Like one tenant I've had since 2012, I think. Wow. Same tenant. Never once raised their rent. Good for never you. Never once. Good and bad. Uh, the reason I haven't raised their rent was because they're, they're not under rent control. So I'm not bound to raise the rent. Otherwise, you lose it. Like the issue, I think, with Los Angeles is I have to raise the rent every single year. Otherwise, if I don't do that, you're putting yourself a year behind because it's not like you could all of a sudden one year raise it 9% because you decided the last three years you don't want to do that. So when tenants are stuck in their leases and they don't want to move, you have to raise the rent. San Bernardino does not have rent control. And because of that, because they like the tenants, I'm just not going to raise the rent. Los Angeles, though, I give tenants a heads up. Hey, I got to raise your rent. We could try to work something out. I want you to stay, but I'm just giving you a heads up. I'm going to raise the rent the maximum I can. Because if in the event you stay here for 15 years, like I, I can't have that uh, be at my expense. Do you manage all the properties yourself or you have Except team? for one. Or is that all under the same property management? No, no. So one property, uh, I have a property manager on it. The other seven, because yeah. two of them I live in, uh, the other properties I just manage myself, but they're, they're long-term tenants. So there's nothing that I have to do. So like, I'll give you an example. On the drive here, a tenant texted me the dishwasher was broken. So I just said, find someone on Yelp, go get it fixed, I'll reimburse you. And that's it. Wow. What's the it's rent, easy. What's the rent uh, increase limitation? Is it 3%? Los Angeles, year? it's 3 to 4% depending on the year and depending on what inflation is. So I think this year in Los Angeles, I think, I think it was 4% last year. This year might be 3 Wow. That sucks. Yep. That's, that's the reason why a lot of people are going to states like Arizona and yep. Florida. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they don't have rent control. It's like super landlord friendly. Yeah. It so. really, I do believe, and, and it's, it's 
I, I do believe rent control does a disservice to the entire real estate market. Because as a landlord, if I don't raise the rent to the maximum, like I said, I miss out on that. And then what you have is you have landlords who just have not been actively managing their properties. They've owned it for like 30, 40 years. They've got tenants in there who are still paying like $900 a month. They've never raised the rent. And because of that, they have a difficult time ever selling their building for really what it's worth because any new owner is going to inherit that, that, old, that old rent. So you could only raise it based on what you're currently getting now. So I, I'm at least up front with the tenants. Hey, I got to raise the rent. Uh, if you stay a certain length of time, maybe I could give you like a free half a month of rent. So that way it works out to be the same thing. And every tenant that I've rented to is super understanding of that. And I, and I tell them like, I'm not for it, but like, I, I gotta do this. Are you into the crypto hype? Are you in dodgy, doggy, mm-hmm. dodge? Do you have AMC? I don't know any of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. every, all my friends are doing it. I refuse to be part of it because I just, someone told me to invest in Netflix and I did. And then the next day it tanked and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm done. Uh, so yeah, so I'm in, I mean, those are covering a whole bunch of things because we're talking about like meme stocks, which now apparently that's like an offensive term. You can't call it a meme stock. It's now a momentum stock. I didn't realize this. I called, I called it a meme stock and people are going off of me in the comments. <laughs> that, that's like a derogatory term. Like what? So anyway, momentum stocks. So we're talking about crypto. So for crypto, I got, I originally got into crypto 2017 and I dabbled with it. Back then, I didn't understand it. I didn't see the point. But I'm like, you know what? Let me at least go and, like, I'll buy a Bitcoin. I'll buy any Ethereum. Like, I'll get into this just to see what it was about. I got into it. I dabbled here and there. I really never took it seriously. I just played around with it with, with fun money. And that was it. I didn't have a great experience with it back then. Uh, then, beginning of this year, I started getting into it. The, the more research I started doing that big institutions were buying up crypto and we're using that as their reserve. And the more I started looking into it, I'm like, you know what? I could place 1% of my entire portfolio in, in Bitcoin and Ethereum. Just a 60-40 split. 1%. Even if it goes to nothing, it's 1%. It's fine. So I did that. And I really enjoyed it. Now, this was back when Bitcoin was had just hit 30000 And Ethereum was like $1,000. So I did the 60-40 split back then. And then I figured, well, I'm going to bump that up to 3%. So I just kept dollar cost averaging. And every week, I just buy a little bit more, a little bit more. And uh, I still do that. And now my goal is at the end of the year, I want 5% of my entire portfolio in a 60-40 mix between Bitcoin and Ethereum. I'm not buying any more Ethereum above 2000 I've just I've stopped there. Bitcoin, I've just kept buying the dip. So, But now, Bitcoin overall, I would say I'm pretty even on Bitcoin since the beginning of the year. Ethereum has... Uh, tripled almost in value right now i think two and a half times well, money on ethereum how about you joe you have any uh doji doge no i thought of it like <clears throat> like two or three months ago before it really went up oh, yeah like, you sent me money and you're like because i have a binance account oh yeah i get oh you made me miss out on so much money huh i made you miss out what are you talking about i, I sent you a thousand dollars to invest for me and you no, didn't I, I didn't because you said don't do it yet no, I said do it. <laughs> I'm going to pull up my messages. You said don't do it. And then you said send me the $1,000 back. So I was like, all right. Yeah, but now you owe me like 50000 Right, right, right. All right, that's our God. title. Yeah, I know. I had a similar experience <laughs> here on the podcast. I bought $1,000 of the Dogecoin a year and some odd change ago. And it was like 0. 0.03 cents or something each, like three, six cents. I, I forget what it was each. Put $1,000 into it. And then I thought it was stupid and I sold it. Today, well, at the peak, that would have been worth like $160,000. At, <laughs> at the peak, uh, I mean, realistically, I would have sold if it hit 10K. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, oh my God, just 10X my money on, on Dogecoin. Fine, I could get rid of it. But 
Yeah. But but today I have ten thousand dollars in Dogecoin. Are you to the moon? <laughs> no, 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 no. I bought it at like 40 something cents. It was a challenge. I said, if a video gets a hundred thousand likes on a Dogecoin video, I will invest a hundred uh, or $10,000 in Dogecoin. Uh-huh. It got the hundred thousand likes. I invested 10 K and I said, I would hold it for a year. That's it. The Stephanites so, got you there. Yeah. Do you have a fandom name? The Stephanites. No. Uh, I, I don't know. We don't, we don't have that. The grand potatoes. The, the, the smash the like buttoners. I don't know. Okay. Smash yeah, that's a good name. My <laughs> uncle wanted to ask you, in a hot, hot real estate market like this, do you, you, continue to buy or wait for it to pull back a little? Not buying. I'm not buying. I, I'm looking at the, the current market right now. Like, everything I'm seeing is, I'm, I, I just don't get how this is sustainable. Like, from, from the way I see it, inventory is, like, at a, at a record low. It can't stay like that forever. The other thing I see is that material prices are going through the roof. Lumber's up 300%. Insulation is up. Copper piping is up. Fixtures are up. Like, everything is up. Builders are so backlogged because they have so much demand, they can't get supply fast enough. And when they do get supply, they have to pay double the, the market value for it because someone else is willing to pay that. So you're, you're paying right now such an inflated cost for real estate. I'm not buying anything else right now. And for my time, it's just it's probably better spent at this point just making more YouTube videos and investing in the stock market. But the only thing with real estate is that they, they, there's a saying that the markets can remain irrational longer than you could remain solvent. And that basically means that this— you say that one more time? <laughs> yeah. The markets can remain irrational longer than you could stay solvent. Meaning, whatever you think is going to happen, the markets cannot last you. Like, if you think the stock market's too high right now, and you're like, I'm, I'm not going to buy any anymore, the market could keep going up double from here, longer than you could hold out with your money. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> Joe really. Did. I don't think he understood that, but that was let's totally say, not here, your fault. Let's say the market. <laughs> let's say the market's a thousand dollars. Let's let's say the S and P right now just even even numbers. S and P is a thousand dollars. Dumb it down for Ilya, like if he was like 100. a three year old. Okay, okay. <laughs> the S and P five hundred. <laughs> Ilya, I know you're having a hard time following yep. up. Okay, for you. Yeah, for me. The S and P five hundred. Yeah, a stock. This stock is trading at a hundred dollars, and it goes down to fifty dollars. Okay, let's say all you have is fifty dollars, and you think, wow, this is underpriced. It's worth seventy dollars. Let's say you go and buy you. you all in 50 bucks, you buy the stock at 50, so you have one stock. The stock could keep dropping even lower than that, and you're out of money, even though it's worth way more. So the whole point of that is whatever you think the market is going to do, it's going to outdo that longer than you have money to spend chasing it. Do you understand, Ilya? Yeah, I. are you good? I, I was having him explain it for you. For me? Oh, no, I'm good now, yeah. Okay, okay cool. Good now. Yeah. Great. So my only <laughs> thinking with this is that even though I personally think the market, it, like, this is not sustainable. Doesn't mean it can't go up another twenty percent from here, and I could be completely wrong. And it, and even if it, it, it let's say it, it 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 is inflated right now, it could go up another twenty. It could get even more inflated. So th- that's the way I see this. Mm. You got it. Yeah. Okay. But me personally, I'm not buying anything right now. So you, you're with a real estate firm now, right? Not. No. When I moved to Las Vegas, I had to give up my license in California. Oh wow! Yeah, what was your most expensive listing? Uh, eight million dollars. Yeah, seven seven point nine million dollars was wow. the most expensive. You ended up selling that? Uh, yes, we did. Wow, yeah, it's impressive. Yeah, have you ever met Grant Cardone? 
Yes. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about his his theories, his practices? I, I think he's he's good at sales. I personally, I'm not I'm not a very salesy person, so I I think just right off the bat, we we have a difference in thought on that. I don't like to be very pushy. He's really running a big multifamily syndicate. That's not exactly my cup of tea. I don't like to be involved with a whole bunch of other people like that as a passive investor. If that works with him, great. But uh, but yeah. What's your coolest investment you made? I don't know if it's a cool investment or not. But uh, in 2017, I invested in this uh, crypto called Ryblox. Uh-huh. It was like a dollar. Maybe, yeah. I think it had just turned out like a dollar or something. I basically, I was buying and selling Bitcoin, sold my Bitcoin, put it into Ryblox at a dollar. Um, and it went from a dollar to like 40, no, no, $38, something like that. And my thought was, I'm going to sell it when it hits 44 because it was about to be listed on Binance. And I'm like, it's 38, 44 was my, like, I, I calculate like it, it's going to go to 50, but I'm smart. I'm going to get early at 44. <laughs> Guess what? Like the next day, the whole like BitConnect thing crashed. Oh my Something God. happened with Ryblox. Like, but there's like, so, I forget what happened. Like, of course, and it tanks they have some issues with it and i'm still holding to this day but it went back down to like a dollar or two what would you have made uh i was up maybe like 60 70 grand dang back then i mean back then it was a pretty substantial amount for what i had invested in it yeah so what was the your biggest x amount like you put in a thousand dollars and it turned into a hundred thousand uh gamestop you did gamestop yeah yeah um I didn't put it. So I invested in GameStop back in December. Before it. Before anything, yeah. I, I you know. I threw in some money and some meme stocks back at Momentum stocks Momentum. back then just for fun. And I think I put like four or 5000 in a GameStop at $13, $14 a share. Uh huh. And when it hit the 300s, I think it was like 350 360 I think I was up like 1,300% on that. Oh my God. And yeah. And I was like, okay, I was t- I remember being with Jack, and I was like, I-, I feel like I'm stupid if I don't sell this. Like, this is irresponsible. And so we thought, well, let me just sell half. So I sold half of it. But as soon as you sell half, then it's like, well, I'm not all in it. The next day, I sold the other half. Or, you know, the next day, I sold uh, half of the half. And then the day after that, I sold the remaining half. So I think my average exit was somewhere in the 300s. Wow, on that three hundred thousand dollars on a meme stock. Oh no, that was no no three hundred. That was a stock was three uh, three hundred something dollars. I, no, I th- I made over a hundred thousand on that. Oh my god, yeah, and that was from three four thousand five thousand dollars investment, something like that. I think it's back at like forty four dollars or something like that, forty eight. No, it, like it went down to oh, that, and then it went back to three hundred. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm talking about AMC. Yeah. I'm mixing the two up. Yeah, and what is that at now? Uh, GameStop is around 300. It went down maybe 260, 270, something like that. Yeah. Your first investment property that you did in San Bernardino, you rented out to a drug dealer? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was a... And you saw pictures of him on Facebook and he had like guns and weed. Yeah. So this was a tenant that like I was, I sunk every dollar I had, like everything into these rental properties. And I was $2,000 short to finish a place. And I went to my grandma and I asked her if I could borrow $2,000 into, so I had a commission that was closing that was going to be like four grand. And I asked her, I said like, can I borrow the two? I have this check coming in like two, three weeks. I'll pay you back within 30 days. And thankfully she was able to lend me that $2,000 to pay a contractor to finish the job. 
finished the job, like, shortly after my commission check closed, paid her back. But, like, everything that I was making was going right back into these rental properties. And I wanted to get it rented as soon as possible. I picked the first tenant that called me. I put it up on Craigslist, like, that same night. Someone was interested in renting it, offered me the full price. (laughs) Uh, And cash. I was... Yeah, cash. Like, he paid me. He paid me in cash. (laughs) Did you think that you were... You hit the lottery with this guy? I did. Yeah. You did? Yeah, I did. I honestly thought, like, I got so lucky. And he was a really nice guy in person. Came all buttoned up. Like, he came from a nice, like, job interview almost. Like, you know, khakis and, you know, a button-down shirt. Him and his girlfriend, right? Yeah. He was presentable. Wow. Just, like, not so he... I don't want to say kind of looked like a drug dealer, but... In hindsight? You know, in hindsight, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. But... I just thought, well, you know I what? It's him. fine. Like he, he, like his... <laughs> now that I remember, he had weed <laughs> falling out of his pockets. <laughs> he, uh, had a, he had a piercing through his nose, like the one that like goes. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> but anyway, so I rented to him. Nice guy, and yeah, first month or two, no issues. But then, yeah, just started paying late. Hey, like, and oh, you know what? The biggest red flag too. Looking back, when they give you a story about everything, like. When they start telling you their life story of, of how they're the victim and everything, like he was in a car accident and he was suing them, uh, but but the insurance company didn't pay him out. Now he's going after the insurance company and it's like all these things that are happening to him and like he's always the victim in every single story. So he was telling me that, that first, you know, my, my check is a little bit late. Can I pay you the next week? Fine. Pay you the next week? Fine. It just kept getting later and later and later. And then it got to the point where he was like almost a month behind. And yeah, the, and I was honestly, I was so fine with it. I just wanted to get the rent. Like, as lo- I didn't want any problem. Like, I was afraid of any, like, anything happening. As long as he paid me, like, I didn't care. As long as I just got my money at some point back then, I was fine. So, but it was the issue when I wanted to refinance and buy another property that he did not want me to go in that house. And he said he was growing roses in the garage. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, like, you're not growing roses. Just, Tell me what it is. He's like, oh, you know, people don't understand. Like, just tell me. It's weed. And, like, I don't have a problem with it, but I have a problem with it if I'm trying to get an appraisal and he doesn't want me to go in the garage. So, of course, we get him to say yes to it, but you walk in the garage and there's, like, this huge box in the middle of the garage with pipes coming out and, like, wires going everywhere. Breaking bad. And so, obviously, (laughs) the the appraiser saw this, noted that on the, the appraisal report, and the lender was like immediately no, we're, oh, not, wow. we're not we're not going to lend on this unless we come back and it's not there anymore. And so I was saying like, can you just move this out? And whatever happens, like I don't care what you do after. Can you move it out? Uh, so he was not able to move it out, but it turned out he was also illegally tapping electricity to not show up on the grid. Like he had wires. <laughs> Seriously, because it's a red flag. Like, like with, uh, Dude, I didn't realize this, but like one of the ways they cracked down. You're 21 on, like, at this point too, yeah, right? Yeah, 21. Yeah, so one <laughs> Dude, of the ways. Can you imagine? One of the ways they. That's they, the best. That's how you learn yeah, though. Like, it is. Yeah, best. It was the best learning experience ever. <laughs> like in hindsight, it was worth it. But yeah, one, one of the ways they track like home growing operations, crack down on them is when they see a huge surge of electricity. So if like, Electric bill is like eighty dollars a month, and all of a sudden it's like twelve hundred dollars. That's a tip off that like chances are something's going on here. Well, his way around that was let's run a wire up to the telephone pole and tap into it directly, just avoiding the circuit. I don't know how he did it, but but when he moved out, I had a, a team go through and they mentioned that was one of the things that he had done. 
It's a lot of electricity for some fucking roses. Yeah. <laughs> so odds are he climbed up there and somehow yeah. got the wa- wow. Yeah. How was the eviction process? Like, how did you end up getting him out? Yeah, so I filed an eviction, and then that's when he went crazy. He threatened to pull a shotgun on the guy. Oh, my was, God. Uh, yeah, I think I think either he was, like, taking out his—he wanted to take out his gun. Or, no, someone— On the evictor? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the first tip-off I got was I had this guy, Bob, come by, fix a dishwasher, and he warned me. Before, before I found out he was growing anything, he warned me that there were, like, uh, three or four, like, Rottweilers on the property. Or, no, pit bulls. It was pit bulls. And there was, there was a no pets policy on my lease. And he was like, he had pit bulls on the property. He had guns just sitting out on the table, like just flat out in open sight, just like handguns. Um, so he tipped it off that like, hey, it smells like weed in there. Some guns there. There's dogs there. I'm just giving you a heads up. This is not a tenant you want in your property. And so he tipped me off to that. But I filed the eviction. When he was so far behind, and I actually I had to print out all of the uh, the messages between me and him because as soon as I gave him the eviction notice, he would be. It was almost like uh, like one day he, he would be like, "Hey man, really sorry about everything. Like I'll get caught up. Don't worry about it." Then the other day, then the next day, it would be like, "You mother effer, I'm, I'm a f you up." Like so, it oh, was. He was threatening. Oh you? yeah. Oh yeah. Were you scared? Uh yeah, I was. Yeah, I knew he didn't. He didn't know where I lived, so I wasn't worried about him like finding out or like showing up. Did he know um, you as the landlord? Yes. Oh. Yeah. He knew I was a landlord from, like, day one, like, everything. This is the guy. This is the guy. It would be fun, by the way. This would be so dangerous to have him on the podcast. Oh, you should. Oh, my God. Elliot will be here for muscle. Yeah, I can protect you guys. We would have to have, like, a, we'd, <laughs> have to, we'd have to have, like, a police officer or something there. Oh, man. Okay, and then we'll so do anyway. a react to it. Like, yeah. So, <laughs> so, anyway, the only reason I was able to evict him was because he didn't contest the notice in time. He missed it by, like, a day. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so believe it or not, so I, I filed the eviction, and he, so the way it works is, like, it's filed, and then he has a certain number of days to contest that and, like, give his side of the story. He claimed that the unit was uninhabitable with mold and that I wasn't remediating the mold, and that's why he wasn't paying until I brought up the unit to a habitable condition. Now, if he had said that, then, then it delays it even longer, and there are, there are lawyers out there, by the way, their sole purpose is to work with tenants to delay eviction as long as they can. A lot of these lawyers, by the way, are free. So for tenants, they could just call up these free lawyers. Hey, my landlord, I don't like them. Uh, I'm, not, I'm behind on my rent. I, they know ins and outs and ways to delay things or things to say that could get you up to a year of free rent. How do they get that money then? They sue you? I don't know. Why I, would... I have no idea. Uh... I have no idea. But, but some of these are just like, public services and things that just are available to people who don't have the money to hire an attorney. I think, I, I think it's important. Everyone have, has representation. Even if you can't afford it, everyone should be treated fairly, but there are things that, yeah, they could. So anyway, he, I think was doing this on his own and he missed the deadline by like a day. And then in court, he said that he had paid his rent and the judge asked for proof of this. And he said, I left it at home. And I think the judge immediately is like saw through it. Like here I am, and you know, he, so y'all, again, you were face to face with him in court. Yes, <laughs> in court. It was so awkward because I was walking in the courtroom and he was there. And you know what he's? I forget what he said, but he said something like, "We should settle this in the parking lot, man to man." I don't God. know why we got to do this, man to man, like that. And he's a big guy, by the way. I'm, I'm like, I'm not the biggest guy. Imagine someone like three times my size. <laughs> like, I'm not going to do that. It's stupid. But anyway, so I was, so I told the security there, I'm like, I told him what he had said, 
and uh, so they kept an eye on him. Oh, wow. And he was yelling as when the judge ordered basically him to be evicted. He was yelling. He was arguing with the judge. They had to escort him out. And then I went up to the security guard and said, I just, like, he knows probably what car I drive. Like, could he at least just walk me to the car? Yeah. And they did. That's but crazy. it was just nuts. This guy was crazy. This makes me want to kick my tenant's ass. <laughs> What happened? Nothing yet. <laughs> just be on but him. Just yeah. show up and just like let him know his boss right away. Yeah, I think that's where you went wrong. You kind of <laughs> let him start off on the stronger yeah, foot. You can't have, I, unfortunately, like, and I'm all one for like giving leeway when people need leeway, but you can't do it. Like you really have to set such a strict boundary of if the rent isn't paid by this date, there is a late fee. And just keep with that. Keep whatever's in the contract should be enforced 100% all the time. Do do real estate agents lie? I know they're not allowed to, but do they ever lie to try and get a little bit of a bidding war and try and get the prices to go up? Like, no, they can't. No, I, I, I don't want to say it's never happened, but it's extremely rare. I know a lot of people are very suspicious about real estate agents. Like, oh, they're trying to get big up their commission. When you think about it, though, it's like, the risk reward of that is so small for the agent because the agent's really only getting two and a half percent commission. Then they're giving twenty to so it's maybe ten to thirty percent of that. Then back to the brokerage. Then of that, they only get to keep half after taxes. So you really think like, is an agent going to risk their entire reputation and their license mm. to make an extra half a percent on a deal? Like, it make an extra few hundred dollars? No, it's not. So, At all. So, so agents, you the if an agent lies, I would say that's that's not a lie. It's ignorance. It's just straight up like they, maybe they're speaking on something they're not educated about. But very rarely have I ever seen that I that I know of an agent saying like, "Hey, we have multiple offers on this property." When in fact they don't. Right. Most most because sometimes that could be discouraging to buyers. I've seen it. Oh, there's multiple offers. The buyers are like, oh, not interested. They walk away. On my property in Arizona, I beat out like nine offers. And then there was like a bidding war as we were signing the contract. It yep. went up even more. It was crazy. Yep, that happens. I would say what what does happen the most is agents that have uh, a solid reputation in the business, and those agents will get their, their offer accepted at lower prices because we know that if they bring a client, the client's going to close. They're professional. They know how to treat that client, mm. and the client's not going to back out. So if we have two, you know, two offers— one pays $10,000 less, but they're working with an agent that we've worked with for 10 years who has 30 years' experience in the business or an agent who's representing a client who's paying $15,000 more, but they're a brand-new agent. We have no history on them in the past. They don't have a lot of experience. We'd rather pick the lower offer because we're, we're more confident that client is going to perform, and if anything comes up, that agent knows how to handle it. Well, oh. uh, I see you have a cool car portfolio. Jesus Christ, let me yep. ask that. You have a cool car portfolio. Uh, you have a Ford GT? Yeah. That's sick. Thank you. That's really, really cool. Thank you. I love that. Uh, yeah. I think Phil or Joe showed me uh, yeah. right before we got here. That's really, yeah. uh, what year is it? 2005. 2005. Yeah. Wow. 2005. Four. So, yeah, so I got, uh, car. I got four cars now, which is nuts. What do you have? Um, So, the so I got a Tesla Model 3. Mm-hmm. Then I got the 2005 Ford GT. Then just recently I got a 2010 or 11 Lotus Evora but it's got like a GTE kit on it. And then I got a $1,000 Volvo. Oh, what's so, the Volvo? Is it like a... Um... The 2006 Volvo S60, 130,000 miles on it. It It's the car that I like to just drive around in. Just, you never have to worry about it. You could park it anywhere. You could take it anywhere. It's bulletproof. And if we have like a guest in town, they could just take that car. 
for the listeners who don't know how much a Ford GT is, I think it's three hundred and fifty or four hundred thousand. Yeah, what? it depends on the yeah, it depends it's on the car. Very so expensive car. Mine, I got mine was <laughs> an auction. Joe, you just like yeah. fucking woke up from the dead. Bro. I zoned out when you started talking about cars. And once you said how much it's worth, I'm back. <laughs> yeah, so I got mine at auction, and it was three oh six. But the the prices of of cars again, I think it's a bubble. But the prices of those cars now have gone up even more, like ten percent since then. Wow, I don't know. It there's just a lot of demand for this car. So yeah, so now that the they're selling like the least expensive online is like three twenty to four hundred grand for a person trying to get into real estate or into investing in general. Uh, let's say someone has I don't know five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars. What's your what's your one? tip what's your one piece of advice oh uh, yeah it's a great question it's a good question start a roth ira i'd say for 90 percent of people watching that's the easiest thing they could do they could just start up a roth ira with any brokerage i would it's fidelity has really good free index funds start up a roth ira with fidelity and just invest it all in i would either do s&p 500 or like a total stock market index fund don't look at the price just throw it all in there. You can max it out every year. $6,000 a year for a Roth IRA. Just do that every year. January 1st, January 2nd, whenever the market's open, just $6,000 a year. That's it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to uh, to this week's podcast. Again, we had Graham here. We're also going to be on Graham's podcast. When's yours going to go out? We could probably have it ready as soon as a week, maybe three weeks, one to three weeks. Okay. Yeah. You'll be up on Thursday. Okay. Where can yeah, they yeah. find you? Uh, yeah, YouTube is the easiest. YouTube, Graham Stefan. Instagram, GP Stefan, like GPS, GP Stefan. Oh, wow. You have a uh, pretty popping YouTube page. The, the Graham Stefan? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. I looked at it today. You got fucking a lot of cool videos. Thank you. All right, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Graham. Yeah, make sure to hit the like button wherever this is. <laughs> if there's a like button. <laughs> yeah, and rate us five star. Yeah. Yes. Thanks. Give us five star rating. Thank okay. you. Bye. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.